Hello and welcome to another episode of Mashley at the Movies, 12 Days of Christmas series, where every day leading up to Christmas, we talk about a movie that is either about Christmas or takes place around Christmas, or as in the case of today's film, has maybe 15 minutes or so that takes place uh, on, on Christmas Eve or something of that nature. So this is one of your favorite movies, Ashley, so yeah. I'm going to hand it over to you to tell folks about Desk Set. Right, so Desk Set um, is one of the classic um, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy romantic comedies. Um, it, came, it was released in 1957, I believe, um, and was one of their later ones. I think uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was the only one that they did after this one. Um, yeah, so in this one, Catherine Hepburn plays the head of a research department at a television um, company, TV company, and... She is, um, she's very bright and very smart, and she has all this information easily. Um, she, she's able to come up with all this information very easily. But um, at the beginning of the movie, Spencer Tracy comes in, and he's like a, they call him kind of an efficiency expert, but he has developed this computer. And this is 1957, right? So computers are huge, and everyone feels very threatened by them, and the people in the office believe that this computer is going to take their jobs away. It's going to be a replacement for Catherine Hepburn and the, the women that she works with. Um, you know, so of course they don't like the Spencer Tracy character at first, but um, obviously um, a relationship develops and that's kind of the setup for the movie. Um, Aaron, what did you think about it? I uh, really love this movie. It's, it, it, I think, well, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn did, my, did nine movies together. And this is my second favorite of all of their movies. I think if you don't enjoy watching Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn, then you probably don't really enjoy movies. I, 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 there's never been better chemistry for me between an actor and an actress and, you know, you can go into the history. I mean, they were really a couple in real life. So that, that you know, perhaps had something to do with the chemistry that they displayed on screen. But one of the things that's always interesting to me about their performances, this one, and then my favorite one, uh, is, which is called Adam's Rib, um, is that they're actually very antagonistic towards each other for, for, for a vast majority of the movie. So you get to see how their personal antagonisms towards each other are eventually overcome. And I, I've always really liked this movie. It's, it's very sweet. It's, it's very funny. And on a writing level, the screenplay is really clever. Um, it was also a married couple that wrote the, uh, Phoebe Ephron and uh, Henry Ephron. And the screenplay is very clever. Early in the movie, there's a sequence where Spencer Tracy is interviewing Catherine Hepburn, giving her a quiz and giving her a test. And she answers some of the questions in a particular way. And he responds to those questions in a particular way. And those exact lines of dialogue are used later in the film for a different effect, for different reasons. Um, it's, it's a really, I, I believe that there's, there's probably the, the number of movies that I would count as perfect, that I would give like a perfect 10 to, I can, I can count on both hands. 
and I wouldn't give this a 10, but it's really, 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 really close. <laughs> I mean, it's just, this is, this is the golden age of movies right here. I mean, this, with, with this great couple and this great story and this great script and in a movie that makes you just feel good and enjoy yourself watching. Um, as soon as I saw this as, as a movie you guys wanted to do, I was like, yeah, I'm in on this one. I, I like, I like this movie a lot. It's one of my favorites as well. So I watched this movie again in preparation for this podcast. It's probably about the third time I've seen it and I had fresh takeaways um, this mm-hmm. time. But before I get into that, I want to clarify something with you because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I just wasn't paying attention, but um, I didn't even realize, I wasn't quite sure what this company did, but Ashley, you said they were a TV company. Yeah. It's a television company. Okay, so something I want to make sure broadcasting. Something I want to make sure I'm understanding correctly is mm-hmm. so Catherine Hepburn's they call it research department, mm-hmm. but they answered phone calls from the general public. No, they're they're answering they're answering phone calls from the company people who are making television shows okay. at the company okay. um, are calling to ask questions related to you know maybe the news program or you know, a drama that they're writing or something like that. It's, it's all, it's a research department for, um, the TV studios. Okay. I'll be honest with you until this very moment. <laughs> that's not, that's not something I got. Right. I, I thought they, that it was sort of a, you know, how back in the day, mm-hmm. I think maybe before our time even, but mm-hmm. you know, you could call a phone number to know like what the time it was or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, and that was just the general public could do that. I thought this was a department or, or some kind of unit that was the general public could call and get answers to questions. Mm. But apparently it's just within the television station. Yes. Okay. So one of the things about this movie, I think this movie rises and falls on the charms of its two leads, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Um, I won't go as far as Aaron and, and, and admonish you if you're not into Hepburn and Tracy because, you know, everyone's different. But I will say that they are one of the most charismatic on-screen movie couples mm-hmm. in the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. And they, have, they do have great chemistry. And I like them a lot. Um, they are what saves this movie for me. Um, for, I'll get into maybe reasons for that a little bit later. But... Kind of going back to the premise of the story, I mean, uh, whether or not this is uh, her department was open to the public or whether it was for the TV station, it's pretty much what her department did was was Google. Right. There were, <laughs> I've always every time I've watched this movie, I'm like, so this is Google for 1957, right. because you know people will call them up randomly because um, there's like I don't know five or six ladies working in this department. It's all women, mm-hmm. and they you know somebody will call and like want to know something about a Watusi tribe. Or a, a country somewhere, or, or some other kind of factoid, mm-hmm. and they will either know the answers off the top of their head, or they will have to go look in a book. They have like a two-story library, uh, research reference library, mm-hmm. and they will go and and look at the the, the books for that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, okay, so this is this is Google. <laughs> um, like, I, oh yeah, I remember one of the questions was, what is the weight of the Earth? And as they were talking about that, I just picked up my phone and went to Google <laughs> and typed in what is the weight of the earth and boom, within a matter of seconds, there it was. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, oh, this is so quaint. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in your outline of it, you, you talked about the general thrust of this is, you know, um, since Rikeshi's character comes in and he's an efficiency expert. I mean, he, he doesn't like that title, 
that's pretty much what he is. Mm-hmm. And everyone is worried, and particularly, you know, when the computer comes in, everyone gets all nervous and stuff. And there's also there's also a bit of a lack of communication that creates a misunderstanding that I get it. The plot has to happen to a certain extent, so they do that. But part of me is thinking like, well, because people get really upset, and then Spencer Tracy tells them something, and I'm thinking to myself, if he'd have just told everybody this earlier, it could have avoided some yeah. some stress. Um, but at any rate... They, they, they did give reasons for why. Yeah, but the... the um, the whole thrust of this movie is we're supposed to side with Catherine Hepburn's and her character's department, like which is staffed, by the way, by a couple of really good actresses, Joan Blondell and Dinah Merrill. Got to give a shout out to them. Uh, and we're supposed to be like, you know, we want them to keep their jobs. This is this is a homegrown unit, and they answer these phone calls and whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, and, and I find it odd that I'm thinking this because usually I'm less cold, but I was like. They just need an efficient computer. They need. I said, thank God Google's coming along in a few decades, and <laughs> and you know, because this this department is super super quaint. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well. Well, yes, but you know, even with Google, I think research departments still have to exist because you can Google, you can Google things and and find perhaps not necessarily the best information. Um. So you still have to have people who can process the information, and, and the movie kind of gets to that point as well at the end. Um, th- this is all just kind of the setup for the movie, and it's it's an interesting backdrop, and it's an interesting it's it's an interesting fear of the time, right? Uh, people were oh, really, yeah. really scared of oh, computers, yeah. so it's a, it's a it's kind of a time capsule, an interesting time capsule of that time. Speaking of time capsules, an, another reason I love the movie is just the look of the movie. It has that it has that nineteen fifties colors. This was filmed in cinemascope, cine, cinemascope look to it, which I just love. And I also love the nineteen fifties, just the the fashion and the the set design, the style. Fashion, I, yeah. The and I I find uh, there's a scene that takes place, a wonderful scene that takes place in Catherine Hepburn's apartment. And I just love the design of the apartment. I love um, it's it's such a cozy feel to it, and the scene is wonderful. It's um, uh, Spencer Tracy is caught in the rain, and and she invites him up to to get dry, and so he's ta- he's taking his clothes off, and he's in a robe, and then her boyfriend, played by Gig Young, shows up, and um, uh, it's just a a very amusing scene, and it ends wonderfully when. Um, Spencer Tracy obviously does something off script and it's, yeah, it's an improvised moment. Yeah, yeah. there is a totally improvised moment and blown Joan Blondell is there and Catherine Hepburn is there and they just, it's, it's such an authentic reaction and it's so funny and I'm glad that it's in the movie. Um, one of my favorite scenes, but I, I digress. I love the look of the movie and I, and we haven't talked about <laughs> one of the big scenes in the movie is the, the uh, Christmas party. Um, which is why it's included in this uh, 12 Days of Christmas. Um, but I just I love this totally outdated office Christmas party, which is just <laughs> so boozy and nothing like this would ever happen today. No. Believe me, I work in corporate America and our Christmas parties are not <laughs> like this. Um, so I, I, I love that. Um, 
some, you know, I mentioned the scene um, in her apartment, the scene that Aaron alluded to um, when they go up on the rooftop and he's quizzing her and she's having all these, you know, she's, she's obviously very bright and very sharp. And I love that that is when he starts to kind of fall for her. He's, he's attracted to her intellect. And I really love that aspect of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 pretty much close to a ten for me too. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the look of the movie because um, the 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 film is based on a there's a stage play was a a stage play by I I think William Marchand, Um, and it's been years since I've read it. But that that uh, the set of because they did film it in CinemaScope, it does have the feel of you being in a theater and looking and watching the set as they yeah. would have presented it on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, you just, all, all it would need is a curtain to open and close. <laughs> so it's very big and big and bright and, you know, and not the sort of set that you could do in, you know, at a high school, at a high school auditorium by any means. Um, but I, I agree with you on that. It's, it's got a nice, there's, it's just, there's so many hidden corners of that, you know, in the library and uh, the different rooms, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very unique looking set. Yeah, yeah. So I I love the rooftop scene. Yeah, and I think it works because it flows well. I mean, and, and as you mentioned, Ashley, I mean, it's it's where Spencer Tracy's character kind of starts falling for for Catherine Hepburn. So. One of the things I noticed this time around, that I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before, but it's very much of its time in that, you know, again, Spencer Tracy is an efficiency expert. And I was thinking as I was watching it this third time is that, you know, if this were a modern movie, you wouldn't see a nearly 60-year-old man doing this job. I mean, it would be, you know, in a movie and probably in real life, it's somebody 20 or 30 years younger who would be coming in doing this this role. So it's sort of odd. I, I just I don't know why, but I found it jarring this time that it's like, you know, because Chester Tracy was born in 1900. This came out in 1957. So you got you got a 57 year old guy coming in there talking about you know tightening things up, right? And looking mm-hmm. how you can save. I'm like, in, in today's world, that's just something usually done. I think by a younger person, and maybe I'm being stereotypical there, but. I get it. This is a Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn vehicle. And thank God it is. Because like I said, they, <laughs> they make this movie what it is. Here's another thing that has always bugged me a little bit about this movie, um, particularly this time, is the sort of love triangle aspect. So in any movie that... And this movie has more going on than just the love triangle, right? But in any movie that has characters who, I guess, are falling in love with each other or potentially doing that or whatever, or you, you're supposed to want to see them get together, you, first of all, like, you, 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 you need to feel like, okay, I want to see these characters together. And in, on an individual level, you're, the movie has to convince you that each of those individual characters needs the other. Mm-hmm. I did not feel like Catherine Hepburn's character needed anyone romantically. And I don't know how much of that is, is her. Because, um, you know, in real life, Catherine Hepburn was very, you know, she had a big independent streak, I think. Mm-hmm. But, or how much of that's the writing or what. But at no point in this movie did I feel like Catherine Hepburn's character was just, oh, so lonely. And, oh, she just needed, you know, the right man in her life and whatever. And yeah. so 
Gig Young's character in this movie is not a bad person, but he's not the greatest person either. And there's, I love actually a lot of body language in their scenes, because, but I did find that jarring too. So Catherine Hepburn's character is so effusively a flutter with his with Gig Young's character, mm-hmm. but if you look at the body language, like whenever he embraces her, her arms are to her side, and she never embraces him back, and you can just tell it's not the hug of two people in love. Mm-hmm. One of them maybe, but not both. And and I always found that jarring because. Otherwise, like, when he was happy, she was happy. When he was around, she seemed to get excited. And I'm like, I don't understand this, 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 whatever. But I know the movie wants us to see her and Spencer Tracy together. And Spencer Tracy's character, again, Spencer Tracy has a lot of charisma. Thank, thank goodness for that. Because his <laughs> character is kind of this, kind of a creeper. I mean, he kind of creeps in to the office when he first shows up. He asks Catherine, question, Catherine Hepburn all these questions. He, I, the department scene you were talking about earlier, I, I like the look of that apartment. Everything you said about it, I agree with 100%. The scene itself, I found very awkward because Spencer Tracy just kind of gets himself invited up there. And again, it's just like, I don't know, man, this creeper dude is just like getting, he's hanging around and hanging around and now he's gotten <laughs> into her apartment. And he's rude to Gig Young because Gig Young's character shows up. By the way, Gig Young who is Catherine Hepburn's character's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And Spencer Tracy's character is rude to him. (laughs) And the only reason we're supposed to be okay with that is because this is a Hepburn-Tracy vehicle, and they're the the two that we're supposed to root for. And then I won't even get into the ending and how they treat Gig Young's character, who, like I said, isn't a great character, Mm -hmm. but also he's not terrible. And how they they treat him is just... I mean... I don't know. I, I just thought to, I, this movie is just kind of clunky and kind of awkward. And thank goodness it's Hepburn and Tracy because otherwise this movie would not have nearly as much charm to keep it afloat. Well, uh, everything you've mentioned, I think there's there's truth to that. Um, I guess I find that, um, yeah, perhaps the, the chemistry between... Spencer and, and Kate um, works for me, and so much so that um, I'm, I'm forgiving it all of these uh, all of these issues. Um, oh, I, I, I do think you know I do think she is she's really struggling with her relationship with the gig young character. He's been taking her for granted and using her really for to to advance his career. I don't know if you guys you picked up on that right? Yeah. He he's using her to advance his career. Um, he takes her for granted. She, I think, finds him attractive, and she's she likes the idea of a relationship with him. But, I was going to say that. But she, when you know, when she's faced with the reality of him, I don't think she really loves him. And whereas, you know, I think she does find uh, a, a better mate with um, Spencer Tracy, and you know, they have a discussion. Both of them are very independent. Now you said you don't feel that she needs anybody. I don't feel that he needs anybody either. And they have they have that conversation where they both feel like there are they have they like being alone and um, there's benefits to living alone. And I don't know. I feel like they're a match in that way because <laughs> <laughs> because they they understand each other better and they understand the perhaps the you know the 
the particular parameters with which, within which they want to, to live their lives. So I don't know. It just feels like they're a better match. Hmm. I, uh, yeah. I was, I was going to say pretty much what you had said, Ashley, in, in, in that it, it wasn't so much that she loved, because the other thing to consider, you know, we're, we're talking about how old Spencer Tracy was at the time. How old was Catherine Hepburn at the time? And more importantly, as far as the film is concerned, is how old was Catherine Hepburn's character at the time? You know, reaching pretty much old spinster, old spinster, you know, uh, point point here. So the gig young, I think there's some happiness in this relationship in that, hey, I have a relationship, but then there's also some trepidation about that relationship because really ultimately at the heart of it, the relationship is really just happening because... Yeah, because I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And the other side of that is everything that Matthew said. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably agree with it more if this were a movie filmed in 2019. Uh, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 1957 is a different era. And I think what people wanted in movies and expected in movies was a lot different than, uh, you know, what than the realism of, you know, of what we would want to see in relationships now. Um, but, you know, all three of us have said it. They're, 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 the chemistry together is, is completely what sells this movie. The two of them could sit, they could have just sat at a table and talked back and forth for two and a half hours, and I probably would have watched it twice. Mm-hmm. I will say full disclosure here, and, and I think it's probably impacting my view. Um, I'll preface it by saying I'm somebody who um, I love movies from all over you know, the history of movies, you know, and I watch um, probably a lot of older movies than most people do these days. But um, that said, for whatever, and that, again, another preface point is, I think within a general two and a half hour time frame that most movies fall within, mm-hmm. it is actually a tricky feat to do a romance, a convincing romantic plot line. Because mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. only got two hours to convince an audience that, that these two people that they've never met before should should be together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I am not as convinced by older movies of uh, romantic subplots as I am by more modern ones. Uh, mm-hmm. But almost almost every older film, you know, at least pre nineteen sixty, um, whenever there's a romantic plot line or two characters are, you know, we do, we just want to see them together, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just never convinced. I go along with it because I'm like, okay, I know this is what we're, we're supposed to want. But I'm never emotionally convinced of it like I am with newer movies. And I, I just can't explain to you why. But that might be impacting my, my view on this as well. I think I agree with you on that. I, I, I feel like I have the same, the same issue. It's like they, in older films, it's like, you know, uh, a couple has one scene together and then all of a sudden we're supposed to want them married. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like this movie falls into that trap a little bit, but there's enough, there are enough scenes with just the two of them kind of developing a, a rapport and relationship that, you know, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it works. It works enough for me. Okay. So what do you give it out of 10, Ashley? I'm going to give it a 9.5. Aaron? I'm going to give it a 9.2. <laughs> All right. I give it a five and a half. Oh! So, <laughs> ouch! Somehow, somehow our score is an eight. 
so it's an eight from us, and it's on the tomato meter. It has a critic score fresh of 100%. 100%. And, which just means that all critics like it. Yes. And I like it. Yes. Oh, I guess, just barely. 5.5? <laughs> that, is, that is a passing, this is a barely passing score. Okay. Um, out of 10. <laughs> uh, and then there's an audience score on the tomato meter of 80, 83%, hmm. which is more in line with our score. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.